Being a CISO is like waging a never-ending chess game against players you don't know, can't see, and attack without warning. On this podcast, cybersecurity experts have a pragmatic dialogue on cyber risk, current attacks, and security trends. Welcome to the CISO's Gambit. Hello, and welcome to the CISO's Gambit. I'm your host, Sean Cordero. Today, I am joined by Chief Digital and Technology Officer, J.P. Sani of Sunbelt Rentals. JP has been an industry leader in helping prepare the next generation of cybersecurity professionals in both his capacity as a thought leader and business leader. Throughout his career, he has helped inform and bring forth many programs associated with preparing the next generation of cybersecurity professionals. JP, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Sean, thanks for having me. Uh, It's my pleasure to be uh, on the podcast with you. JP, for the audience that may not be familiar with the great work that Sunbelt Rentals does, could you provide a brief overview for them? Sunbelt is a leader in the equipment rental industry, and Sunbelt Rentals is constantly constantly advancing the idea of how a company can best service customers, communities, and the planet. Uh, We are Uh, the second largest global player by revenue. And uh, we serve anything from construction. Uh, You'll see things from um, skid loaders to heavy earth moving machines to power generation, um, namely, you know, call it generators, to HVAC systems, to scaffolding, to film and studio business. So when it comes to rental and renting any equipment from a hand tool to some of the largest machines to other things, which we refer to as speciality, because we not just rent you the equipment, we also help you put it together. So we'll engineer it for you. Uh, So that's a component of the equipment and some services coming together uh, to keep it going. Think of a a healthcare system in a hospital when there's a patient on the table, um, you want to make sure that there is, um, you know, there is no disruption in power. So we come in with our generators. Uh, We would have the HVAC covered. We would have the lighting covered. So, you know, and, and think of any natural disasters when the recovery effort is happening, you will pretty much have most of our um, lines of businesses kicking in to help recover from a natural disaster, from machines to tools to whatnot. So yeah, it's uh, you know we're a pretty integral part of society on an everyday basis, and that's helped the cause. JP, thank you for the great overview. Given the importance of the Sunbelt Rentals mission, how has that experience as a senior executive in your organization and the mission of Sunbelt informed the way that you have approached both? your hiring practices, and the type of talent that you seek out within the industry, either from a mentorship standpoint or to help drive change within the way that we're educating the next generation of cybersecurity professionals? Now, that's another very good good topic and a question, if you would, uh, Sean. So, I mean, we all know there's a global talent shortage, and that's particularly high in the information security arena. So we have to focus on building folks to fit it all and to look across the team to ensure that diversity of talent and experience is considered, you know, help strengthen the team, um, you know, to really come up with a village mentality, meaning everyone operates in their role to satisfy the need of the group, as opposed to focusing only on a handful of 
un, you know, related team members. And then when I think of, you know, how we're helping people really having a meaningful impact on their education and how these new professionals come through the door, I think we are failing on the education front um, at large and we're not pushing the boundaries, you know, to help the upcoming professionals, you know, to work for the achievement of certifications and diplomas and, and whatever, you know, educational stuff they may be pursuing. And I honestly see a disconnect between academia and real world education. So I think there's a lot of room for that. So when we do hire, you know, people, you know, we're focused on some soft skills as much as hard skills, you know, think of, you know, character traits such as curiosity, inquisitiveness, grit, and ambition. You know, those those things are not, you know, very trainable, if you would. Um, but you do have to help people sort of polish them and adapt to a different level, you know, and just let's let's be sure that, you know, we do need to focus on hard skills as a baseline, but the differentiator is the character and the grit and the inquisitiveness and some of those things that we have to combine as we look at bringing some of those people on. And then going back to my training question, I think we absolutely need to do more, you know, in helping people with with some of that, you know, hard skills that are required for the job. Um, There is not enough talent pool across the industry to draw from, especially given what has happened in terms of pandemic over the last two years. JP, your comments about academia perhaps not preparing the next generation of cybersecurity professionals hits pretty close to home for me. In fact, myself as somebody that struggled in school due to a variety of different reasons, I found that when I approached the cybersecurity industry, not only was I able to learn quickly through mentorship, but also through a lot of self-study and finding that a lot of the reference books that I had from my college days were really not terribly useful outside of maybe learning the differences between hexadecimal notation and doing something as uh, fundamental as subnetting. Beyond that, though, there was very little that actually translated into what I was doing on a day-to-day basis, whether it was when I was a tier one help desk person all the way to the days of me becoming an architect. And this lack of preparedness that you're referring to is something that I experienced firsthand especially when moving into the executive leadership ranks and realizing that I really had not been prepared appropriately to handle the differences in both the responsibilities and the scope. Now, that was many, many decades ago. And fortunately, between a combination of additional education, great mentors and role models, these were gaps that I was able to address. However, not everyone has the time nor the ability to be able to address these things. When you look at it from a perspective of what academia might be able to do differently moving forward to better prepare the new professional or somebody transitioning into the profession, what would you say are the areas that really could use additional focus and attention either from the source of education or something that an individual might be able to do to avoid some of these pain points. Now that that's uh, that's a good topic to ponder upon. So truly understand the core of you know what the purpose of sec- information security is, right? You know which is ultimately an enabler to ensure success of the mission. And typically, you know, thought of as 
maintaining the confidentiality, integrity, availability of the inputs and the outcomes of the mission. Um, and this data could be, you know, this could be data systems, you know, and the likes. And I think we need to work to understand how business works, you know, how to execute security through this business lens. And that's sort of where we miss the mark in the academia world, because it's a lot of theory and a lot of, you know, stuff that can potentially happen. But, you know, how do you really put it to play in in the, the business world, in the real life, you know? Uh, so I think, you know, that's piece I would say, you know, we, we, we should focus more on. And I've done some work with some, um, you know, educational organizations to help them tailor some of the courses that bring some of the relevance of where the rubber meets the you know, road, if you would, on what does really mean in the business world. And I think that positions a um, person who's coming into the profession to be more successful uh, and less taxing on the person to ramp up. Now, cybersecurity has been thought of as an IT function you know, throughout its brief history. And, and this needs to change to the concept of business risk management. And I think that's something that I've been socializing quite a bit to say, is it truly a tech function or should we look at information security uh, in a broader term of business risk management and leverage tech to really get the outcomes we need? And I think that's probably going to be more sustainable. And understanding the technical underpinnings is important and critical, but this is the component, you know, that that's important. Um, but you really have to bring in the risk management at large and look through the business lens. And I think that really brings a lot more empathetic view, a lot more realistic view of an information security professional to have the context to say, what am I protecting? How am I protecting it? And then what are the best tools and techniques I can apply to either hold the line or stay ahead or at least block, intercept, tackle. JP, so based on my understanding from what I'm hearing, it sounds like one of the things that if you could change across the industry, improving the alignment in terms of better outcomes and understanding around risk management and the alignment to business outcomes in the context of cyber risk management is one of the key areas that you believe is necessary. Beyond these skills, are there additional technical skills that you believe are necessary? For example, building the appropriate soft skills and business acumen needed to be able to thrive within the world of cybersecurity. If so, where would you see this residing where it would have the most impact? In traditional academia? Or is this something that is better suited to be taught outside of the collegiate world and instead be handled by professional level certifications and training. Yeah, I think that's uh you know that that's that's an important distinction to make there. Uh I think as much as everything we talked about is is going to hold true that the business knowledge, the relevance to business look through the business, you know, risk metric or or urgency is important. I think you need to have a bit of an empathetic view as a you know characteristic of a of a professional. Um, it's very easy to jump to conclusions, but a true security professional who's mature and seasoned, you know, would always like to look through an empathetic lens. And I think that allows you to rationalize 
the noise from the signal. Because if you can focus on the signal quicker, that means you have a better chance of defending the house and have a much broader you know, uh, way to deal with things. So I think that's one way to look at it. But I think the other way from a leadership point of view, um, a tight integration with the business risk management and the legal and even the operational folks uh, is equally important, you know, because when life happens, you know, you you may have the best, you know, tools and techniques, but if we don't have the right soft skills to collaborate, if we don't have the right relationships to work through those tough situations, you would typically be in a defensive game even within an organization, right? So I think those interpersonal skills, um, those collaboration, you know, skills you need to bring to the table in addition to having the best technical skills possible, uh, and then certainly combine it with a very empathetic view allows you to sort of cut through the fog, focus on signal versus the noise. If you can parse out the noise quicker, I think you can get to um, the goal sooner, you know, whether that's an incident response or whether that is, you know, just having a discussion or developing a framework or you're trying to give back in a way by creating awareness about information security. I mean, think about it. You know, when you're do, doing banking on your own, are you going to share your password with someone? Why should that be any different at work, right? If you're comfortable dealing with a two-factor authentication for your banking, why would you fight it, you know, to, you know, adopt and have a better adoption rate of those things at work? Um, so I think, you know, our personal lives and professional lives are, the lines are pretty blurry. So having that empathetic view on that to help people, you know, sort of get to the top to 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 be the, the leader on the trail in certain ways, um, lead by example, um, bring some things to the table where the mind doesn't know what the eye doesn't see, barrier can be crossed quicker. You combine all that, and I think, you know, you package it into whatever training format we need to or engagement format we need to, that sort of sets up any professional to be a good information security professional. And then once you get them started, I think, you know, it's just a question of what's their personal appetite to take it to the next level. JP, a very common question that I've received from many professionals that I've mentored over the years that are looking at moving into cybersecurity is, Sean, where do I start? There's so much to potentially learn, so much to master, that for a new professional, it can often seem very overwhelming. JP, from your point of view, what would you suggest to a new professional considering investing his or her time in an aspect of cybersecurity when they are considering really honing in on an area that is very much in need of additional expertise? Yeah, I think, you know, think about it this way, right? Um, if, if, if you're looking at um, to the risk metric and there's somebody who's entrusted in crossing the line and being a security professional, you know, in terms of hard skills, you want to have, you know, a good understanding of things like identity and access management. That's sort of a prerequisite, right? So you could build on that, you know, depending on what tools, techniques you're, you're, you're leveraging in a given organization or your prior experiences. I would say it, a training or two 
in identity access management platforms is sort of a fundamental skill to have. Um, a good understanding of uh, you know some elements of the the network and routing. Um, again, basic foundational training is important. Um, and then, of course, I think you, you would need to have some training on some tools and techniques where you can converge some of that information, uh, again, from a basic point of view. So skills in monitoring and alerting uh, could be fundamental and, and uh, you know, very um, starting, if you would. And you could start in either one of them or combine them. And then I think certainly, you know, going for a good certification in a leading platform uh, is always the right next step. But I don't believe that having a single certification today, you know, would allow you to succeed and flourish in your career. You probably have to have, you know, a, a multi-skill approach. Um, that means look at a couple of, you know, leading vendors, um, start somewhere, but at least try and get at least two or three. Um, this way you have the depth and the breadth uh, of what the industry is using. So you're opening more doors for yourselves in the industry. Um, but more importantly, you understand the commonalities in these platforms, and that sort of becomes your core of what you can offer. JP, all knowledge tends to reconnect back into itself. And I'm hard-pressed to say that there are skills that I learned many years ago that are not really relevant, even though from a pure command line or relevancy from a protocol perspective, it may no longer be needed. There were lessons learned throughout that time and experience working with those technologies that are no longer present in modern environments. From your point of view, are there any skills or technical learnings that at one point were very relevant, but really no longer have a place, nor have that return on investment for a new practitioner? I wouldn't call out, um, you know, skills, those are less necessary, um, but rather a shift to where the skills reside. You know, for instance, you know, technical security configuration and deliverables should be handled by the system custodians versus the owners, as opposed to the security teams, right? You know, security needs to, to understand the how and why for the configuration, but, you know, should not necessarily be the executor. You know, said differently, um, I think you, we, we used to have CISSP, we still do. You know, we have all these other, you know, certifications for different, you know, uh, companies and, and providers. And I think at the stage of life you're, you're in and where you are in your career, uh, it's important to actually, you know, still pursue some of the largest platforms. Uh, I think Cisco is one of them. You mentioned Microsoft. You know, I would put, you know, stuff like, the most evolving security companies like Zscaler in the cloud or otherwise, you have a lot of education, you know, uh, programs out there. So I think one is a traditional player, um, and then also the the more cloud relevant, not cloud retrofitted, but cloud relevant, born in the cloud players. Uh, everybody's offering certifications. It just depends on, you know, what path you want to be on. Now, will Cisco and CISSPs, you know, ever go away? Probably not. But I think it's the norm of um, convergence in the cloud. So any skills you can acquire as a security professional, those are more relevant and 
you know, more sellable um, in terms of cloud security and convergence of cloud security, I would say if if someone is coming into the field, they should probably start there rather than the traditional way of most of us started through the CSSPs and, you know, all those Microsoft and, you know, uh, NetApps and you God knows, I mean, the list was long. I remember going through it, you know, 20 years ago myself. Um, but I think there are better ways, you know, today. There, there is there is more convergence of it in the cloud. So I would look at the, you know, more, more relevant players um, where the convergence of these skills come together than just a particular traditional player. Your points definitely resonate with me. Having built my early career very much around not only those technologies, but utilizing those certifications in lieu of a traditional college degree. JP, thank you again for all of the insights and sharing a lot of your lessons learned and recommendations for somebody that is looking at moving into the cyberspace and particularly the ways that we can consider reworking both the educational system around preparing the next generation of cybersecurity professionals and leaders. I'd love an opportunity for you to leave us with a couple of parting words for those of us that are considering moving down this particular path or considering making a shift within the information security space where perhaps they are already within one of the various lanes or subsets that exist within this robust career track. Yeah, absolutely. You know, understanding the, the purpose of cybersecurity and also that is a tough road to follow, but there's absolutely treasures to be found on this road, but it's quite challenging. I mean, that's sort of philosophical, but, you know, sort of it's true. You know, pay close attention to various disciplines in cybersecurity and think through the area, um, you know, one that, that you're interested in. And second, things like incident response, is vastly different world from, for instance, information security risk and compliance or security architecture. Um, so making distinction between these, you know, different arenas and platforms and the avenues of information security is important. I believe there's quite a bit of, you know, misinformation out there about just generalized, you know, broad statement of, hey, I'm an information security professional or wanna be an information security professional. I think you have to sort of hone in on the area you, you really want to go after because, you know, it, it is uh, still a pretty, um, you know, highly trained skill. So you have to put the right energy in the right right direction. And cybersecurity is a very broad field. We know that. And it includes extremely technical roles and the roles that don't inherently require any deep technical skills. Right. So there's sort of a, you know, you know, you know, call it both ends of the equation in cybersecurity and information security. You know, highly technical roles, and then some roles that may not be very highly technical, but highly analytic, for example, right? Um, we were talking earlier about, you know, parsing noise from the signal. I mean, that's more analytic than being highly technical. Um, so I think you, you got to have to, you know, pay attention to that and seek some help, have a discussion or two with the right people, um, there's quite a material out there on the internet that could that tends to be quite confusing, and the core components, you know, to success are natural curiosity. Uh, we talked about that earlier. Inquisitiveness, critical thinking is super important. You know, if you want to be in this in this particular uh, you know game, uh, grit, long hours, 
lots of determination to not give up, right? So grit is important. And of course, the desire to actually do it. And, um, you know, folks should understand at large that the best day in security uh, response is incredibly boring. You know, it's really not the, the, the television CSI world where things look pretty fancy. So in nutshell, I, I think it's, it's a very important job. I would say, you know, if you, if you want to be an information security cyber professional, there's quite a fun to be had. You just have to find your lane. You know, do you want to be in information risk security? Do you want to be in compliance? You know, do you want to be in the security architecture, for the example? And the list is long, but please pay some attention to those concepts, those lanes. Pick your lane. And if you don't like it, you can always change it. But I think in my view, you know, failure should not be for the lack of, you know, a strategy and execution of it. Um, if you end, come to a dead end, you can always pick a different lane. But please spend some time planning up front and put the right effort in the right direction. JP, thank you again for taking the time to join us on the show today. Really appreciated your insights and your wisdom. And thank you for all of the work that you continue to do on behalf of the cybersecurity community. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Appreciate you having me on the podcast. Much appreciated. You've been listening to the CISO's Gambit. I'm your host, Sean Cudillo. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a comment and subscribe. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2022.